What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And today, as always, I do have an ask for you. So if you are enjoying this show, or if you're learning anything at all, or if you have any takeaways from today's episode, then please, please, please do me a huge favor and help me to share the show. Whether that means mentioning it to a friend or telling someone at work or even sharing us on social media, I cannot thank you enough for your support. So today's guest is none other than the Dr. Josh Axe. So Dr. Axe is a doctor of chiropractic. He's a certified doctor of natural medicine and a clinical nutritionist with a passion to help people eat healthy and live a healthy lifestyle. In 2008, he started a functional medicine center in Nashville, Tennessee, which grew to become one of the most renowned clinics in the world. Dr. Axe founded the website, draxe.com, which is full of articles on nutrition, natural medicine, fitness, healthy recipes, home DIY remedies, and trending health news, and is one of the top natural health websites in the world today. He's written many best-selling and celebrated books, including a few that have actually really helped me along the way, like Eat Dirt and Ancient Remedies. He's been a regular guest on the Dr. Oz Show. He's taught corporate wellness programs for companies such as Nissan, Whole Foods, Mercy Ministries, Lifeway, and has spoken at events like South by Southwest, Paleo FX, and the Autism Education Summit, among many others. He's the co-founder of Ancient Nutrition, where the mission is to restore health, strength, and vitality by providing history's healthiest whole food nutrients to the modern world. One thing I really appreciate about Dr. Axe is his clarity and vision on who he is and why he's here on earth. He's deeply rooted in his Christian faith and he knows what he stands for and has the courage to stand for it. But above it all, he's an incredible man, husband and father, and it was an honor to host him here on the show. So here's my conversation with the Dr. Josh Axe. And we are live with the founder of DrX.com, the co-founder of Ancient Nutrition. With us today, the one and only Dr. Josh Axe. Now, Josh, man, I want to thank you so much here right off the bat for making some time for us today. I'm super excited to have the, the chance to talk to you. And as a guy who has followed you for a long time, I got to tell you, one thing that I really admire and respect about you is you seem to be the type of person who is deeply rooted in a certain set of principles and values and you let those principles and values guide you and steer you in your life and you don't let whatever the you know the circumstance the day is or whatever push you out of alignment with those principles and values and i really respect that and i truly believe that the world needs more people like you in that regard who know what they stand for and are willing to stand for it um, so man, i just want to thank you so much for doing what you do doing it the way that you do it and uh and for making some time for us today so with all that being said the one and only dr josh axe welcome to the dad the man well, podcast Hey, thanks, Brennan. Excited to be on today. I know we're not far from each other. I'm actually in Puerto Rico now, but usually I'm in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And I know you're in Chattanooga. So excited to, uh, to, to chat today. Awesome. Awesome. So let's, uh, to kick things off, let's go back in time. Let's rewind. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, who you were as a kid, you know, what sure. kind of stuff you were into siblings, let everybody get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So I grew up in a Dayton, well, just north of Dayton, Ohio, a city called Troy, just grew up in a sort of a medium to small town. And uh, I had parents that just loved me deeply. I had great parents growing up. Looking back, uh, you know, and I, I study a lot of uh, leadership and psychology today, along with, uh, in the past, it was more sort of medical health related, but now it's a lot more leadership and psychology. But looking back, one of the things I'm always thanking God for is just having just really, really great parents. And, and my parents didn't know everything. 
but uh, they, one of the things they believed on is just, you know, sacrificing for their kids and doing everything they could to instill good character and values. And so I'll just give you a few examples. Like my mom, I just asked her this recently because I'm, um, I'm writing a more of a leadership book. And I asked her, I said, Hey, tell me a little bit about, I, I you know, I remember her, she, she, she was a teacher growing up. And so she took half pay, uh, and, and was a full-time teacher in order to send myself and my two younger siblings to a Christian school in our area. So she made $7,000 a year. My dad made about $28,000 a year. And, um, and they, uh, they just did everything they could just to sacrifice, pour in their kids, create great family experiences, you know, vacation. And we were into boating. So did that grow up, but I just had a really great childhood. And so much of it was due to, I just had two parents that were there who really poured into me. And I had a dad who, um, you know, my, my, my dad wasn't, uh, super educated. My dad, you know, worked on telephone pole lines outside in Ohio in the winters. Like he was a mm-hmm. very super blue collar guy. I was in the military, served in Vietnam. And, um, you know, and just as a quick, give, give you an example about the sort of dad I had, it was, you know, he put up a pull-up bar in our, in our garage. And before we were allowed to walk in the door and my sister's included in this, we had to do a set of pull-ups. So like we were doing, you know, just, Hey, before you get in the door, you have to do a set of pull-ups every day, literally yeah. our whole lives. And so it's, um, I had, I had parents, my mom also, she taught special ed. So took care of kids with special needs and just had an amazing heart. But, and then I grew up playing soccer and I ran track and played, uh, played basketball. And, um, you know, so, something I, even to this day, I look back at like my dad, uh, never missed a game, you know? And so, I had really incredible parents, a really faith-filled home. So we grew up going to church and, and serving and doing those sort of things. I went on a few mission trips when I was even in high school and, and uh, you know, built, we'd, you know, build homes uh, mm-hmm. with Habitat for Humanity, that sort of thing. So, I, so nice. I feel really blessed to have had this sort of parents and upbringing that I had and uh, really grateful for it. So that was a big part of my childhood. What led me into the health field was uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, just after 40 years old. And that was so shocking because when you looked at my mom, uh, she, she looked really healthy. My mom for a time was a swim instructor. When I was younger, she taught gym class at the school I went to. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was, a, it was a crazy thing. And, you know, uh, she went through all the conventional medical treatments, had a mastectomy, went through chemotherapy. I still remember this day, her losing her hair and just how, uh, traumatically ill she was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember as a kid saying a couple things, two things went into my head were, I never want to see anyone have to go through this again. and never want to have to experience this sort of like pain and just fear you're living in. You might lose your mom, like all those things. And the other thing I thought was there's got to be a better way. Like just mm-hmm. seeing the healthcare system. Cause our family lived in this medical model where anytime we were sick, we went to a doctor, we got prescribed a drug, but we were just constantly on antibiotics and medication, allergy medications and my mom's treatments and all, and even throughout high school. So my mom went through that treatment, was diagnosed as being cancer free. But after the treatment, it was crazy to me because as a kid, just, you just noticed things. And I thought my mom went through cancer. They got a treatment and said she was better, but yet she seems more miserable than ever. My mom got put on antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications. She had chronic fatigue syndrome was constantly sick with a cold or flu just all the time growing up. And, and this, is, this is what led me into studying natural medicine, functional medicine, is, is saying, I want to find a better way to help people get healthy and heal. Eventually went on to school, studied that, and um, 
And then I got a call from my mom a year before graduating. Now I went to chiropractic school and then I got other uh, certifications like a doctor of natural medicine and clinical nutritionist. So mm -hmm. I studied a lot of nutrition, a lot of natural medicine. Oh, and I was about to open up my own practice and I got a call from her and just weeping on the phone. And she said, I've, I've been diagnosed with cancer again. What do I do? And I said, mom, I'll be home. I flew back to Ohio from Florida where I was studying to where I grew up. And we sat down and prayed together as a family talked about it and just felt led to take care of her all naturally. So started juicing vegetables and drinking bone broth, using herbs like turmeric, all kinds of things. And then, um, you know, we did that program for four months, went back to our oncologist and they, they said, wow, this is highly unusual, but the tumors have shrunk by more than half went back nine months later, complete remission. And so now my mom's actually, she's in her late sixties and says she feels better now than she did in her thirties. And, and that's, that caused me to go and start my functional medicine practice. I then started a website called drx.com, which grew to be the number one natural health website and co-founded a supplement company called ancient nutrition with my co my, one of my best friends and, and partners, uh, Jordan Rubin. And so we run that company today. I also have a leadership website called leaders.com that teaches business and leadership and wealth building principles. Anyways, I, so there, there's a lot to get out there, but sort of, uh -huh. and I know the question was about childhood, but I thought, hey, let me go ahead and get this, you know, get, get this out while, uh, you know, while, while we have the chance to spur on more conversation. But anyways, that's sort of a, you know, from, from, from early on to, to, to now. Awesome. Yeah, there's, there's a lot in there. Um, how, how old were you when you, you found out that your mom had cancer the first time? I was 13. I think I was right around that. I was that kind of seventh grade going into eighth grade. So you've, you've kind of known what you wanted to be when you grew up for a long time then. Yeah. You know, I had an idea, you know, I'd played around with going to, you know, shadow a MD once and a physical therapist and nutrition, you know, I went, went and saw, but there, there was something about sort of this natural health that I grabbed. And let me say this at 14 years old, I didn't know anything, but I <laughs> heard from somebody who was, they worked out a lot. It was my sister's basketball coach's husband he uh -huh. played football in college and he told me that soda was bad and so like 14 years old I stopped drinking soda and eating candy bars because that's what I knew <laughs> so anyways yeah it was it sort of uh spurred that spurred that in me for sure that's awesome okay so that gives us I think that gives us a really good intro uh good idea of you know who you are where you've come from and what you're doing now so from a nutritional standpoint you know, you're, you're known for what you put out there in the nutritional space, the content, the products, all that stuff. If you were going to give somebody the, call it the elevator pitch on your approach to helping um, people with, with their health and their nutrition, I guess, what's like your, your general, your general approach to helping people? Yeah, I think, I think one of the things I'm very aware of is that health is in the dictionary. It's, uh, and it seems like today they're actually constantly changing what's in the dictionary and different <laughs> yeah. things. But uh, for a time, it was health is uh, actually being a well in body, mind, and spirit. So I'm very conscious of how your physical, how your mental, emotional, spiritual, those forms of health uh, really affect your physical health. And so I think that's one thing to be very, uh, very consider. I think, I think the, the more we can be in tune with what God intended in terms of just, you know, the food he created, the people, you know, th th those sort of things. I, I think the healthier we, we, we become, I think, you know, when you look at food, you want to eat real food. I think that's the first, and I, I don't know a diet that's been effective where the main principle is, you know, it, it should always be eat real food, whether it's mm -hmm. a, if somebody's doing a keto diet, I think keto can be good for some people if you're eating real food. If you're mm -hmm. eating avocados and coconuts and grass-fed beef and wild salmon and vegetables, like 
hey, that sounds pretty good. If you're a vegan, hey, you can probably do pretty good eating avocados and coconut and vegetables. And I guess you're excluding the meat, but all the mm -hmm. beans and all those other things. And so I think my, my first philosophy for, foremost is eat real food. The other thing is to understand is that uh, I'm a big believer in personalized nutrition. There's not one specific diet for everybody. I don't believe everybody should be paleo or everybody should be vegan or everybody mm -hmm. should be keto. I, I don't believe that. I believe that God created everybody as a unique individual and what somebody does very well on and other people might, might not. And by the way, the research shows this, history shows this. If somebody has inflammatory bowel disease, for instance, they can't tolerate raw vegetables or raw nuts and seeds. So where raw vegetables, might, somebody might think, again, many vegans, that's healthy for everybody. Everybody should do it. Not somebody with inflammatory bowel disease. They're not going to digest that very well. It's hard versus somebody with, let's say, cancer you know, and somebody with liver issues, yes, they actually typically will do very well with raw vegetables. So again, I believe in eating real food. I believe in personalized nutrition. And along with that, I believe in uh, fostering healthy emotions. You know, uh, the ancients understood this ancient uh, physicians like Hippocrates or the ancient Jewish physician Maimonides, that your emotions affect different organ systems. For instance, the emotion of fear, we know that fear causes your adrenal glands to produce adrenaline and cortisol, so stress mm -hmm. hormones. So we know that a very specific emotion of fear affects a very specific organ of your adrenals, but it also impacts your reproductive organs or your kidneys. Think about if a child has a nightmare, what can happen? They can wet the bed, mm -hmm. right? We know emotions affect worry. If somebody worries a lot, they'll say, oh, I feel like my stomach is tied in knots, right? Mm -hmm. Worry affects the upper GI or upper digestive system. Grief or not letting go of things from the past, like unforgiveness would be an example. That affects your immune system, your lungs and your colon. Um, depression, you're constantly thinking about what's in the past, but that, again, that affects your immune system. Think about this, high blood pressure. Why does your blood pressure go up? It's anxiety. It's a form of nervousness. It's this, mm -hmm. you know, and then anger really affects your liver, your gallbladder, those sort of systems. So my whole point there is, is that we really need to foster healthy emotions and focus on, hey, if you're dealing with fear, we need to build your hope, right? You're fe fearful of this thing that's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. We need to build hope of the future. And so there's ways of healing that or, you know, in increasing and fostering those healthy emotions that are also going to have a positive impact on uh, on healing your body. One of the last things, you know, I think we've gotten into this. Um, one of the worst that, he, you know, there's a, there's an ancient saying regarding health and it's that, uh, you know, sometimes the cure is worse than the disease. And when I think about the mandates mm -hmm. and the way that many people have gone about in our government and our, the pharmaceutical industry, mm -hmm. um, the recommendations have been the treatment, the cure, is worse than the disease. You know, they mm -hmm. just moved back childhood development six months. I saw that. So, so we just we just entirely moved that standard back based on the situation we put ourselves in. The amount of small businesses that uh, have been lost, mm -hmm. the amount of you know in, inflation, what this is going to do the future to the economy, uh, the suicide rates increased, the mm -hmm. alcoholism alcoholism rates increased, pornography viewing, uh, drug abuse. Mm -hmm. um, people going into isolation and it damaging their mental health, depression, anxiety. So, you know, 
I think that's another thing is it's in, and a big part of this has to do with community. Mm-hmm. You know, we were created to be close to one another. There's a, there's a, you know, we have a almost two year old now and, um, and, and my, my wife, just when she's nursing, one of the things I'm aware of, as I read on health is that there's this hormone when uh, a woman in, in, is, is breastfeeding their child and it's called oxytocin. And, and any woman who bre- who's breastfeeding will tell you or how their, their newborn is that there's a sense of like love and protection and connection between that, that mom and that child. And that's due to this hormone that's created called oxytocin. But oxytocin is released at other times, not to that same degree typically, but, you know, um, oxytocin and there's also hormones like dopamine, which these hormones of connectivity are created when you shake somebody's hand. They're Mm -hmm. large amounts when you give someone a hug, you know, uh, when you put your arm around somebody, when you just Mm -hmm. clap someone on the back. So it's critical to health. The other thing is even the development of our immune system. It's crazy. Wikipedia went and changed in all these dictionaries now the definition of herd immunity. Herd immunity is where you know one person gets it, another person gets it, then the whole flock, the whole herd becomes immune to something. And they changed it to where that can only happen via a shot, but it can't happen just naturally. They actually change. But but crazy. But so not to get all political here, but my whole point here is is that community, having deep friendships. Having, if you're married, having a deep connection with your spouse, having a good relationship with your kids, it's critical to your health. It's critical to live, living out a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think as we're talking about health, it really would be hard to talk about having great health, or as I brought up healthier, it'd be hard to talk about great health without having meaningful relationships. Yeah. I I mean, everything that you just outlined there, I mean, the experience of what it was like to be locked down for a period of time. I mean, I know I experienced a lot of that. My family experienced a lot of that. I saw my friends experience a lot of that, like that year really kind of just being locked in relationships, being distant, like right at the beginning, it was kind of fun. We were doing zoom calls with our friends and you know, all that kind of stuff, but that faded pretty quickly. And then it turned into bad habits creeping in partly you know, I think you could say it's because we were bored, but I think it was largely because like you're alluding to like, we didn't have that sense of community that we may have previously had. I mean, I know that I was, I was drinking more alcohol than I normally did. I was, my sleep wasn't nearly as good. My nutrition definitely went in the wrong direction, did not go in the right direction. And I remember getting to the end of that year, 2020, especially and just being like, okay, this is really, this is a real thing. This has taken a toll. This is this air quotes solution has created a whole lot of problems. And it's something that we really need to be you know, cognizant of moving forward and community, I think really like everything that you're alluding to there, I think that's so deeply rooted in that. And one thing I wanted to peel back on to the, the, the emotional health, the component that that has in our health, that's something that I've tried to become more aware of more recently. It's, and I say, I try to, it's because it's kind of forced, I've been forced to, and I've really noticed that when, you know, I have these emotions that are negative, like there, there is stress, there is anxiety. There's these things that I'm feeling and I can't quite process them to turn them positive. I do feel a physical reaction to that. And I think that's something that we largely ignore in a lot of fronts. So, you know, I would love to get your advice on, you know, just helping maybe let's say we're talking to a dad, a guy who's, who's working hard. He's kind of getting back, reacclimating, trying to find a work-life balance. And, you know, this air quotes, new normal of a world. He's trying to lead his family. He's trying to do well at work and he's 
maybe eating a lot of stress in that endeavor? Like, how would you help that guy to maybe process his emotions a little bit better and try to foster more positive emotions like you suggested? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think, I think one of the things that, and listen, every, everybody, uh, gets out of rhythm or starts getting off track at some point, anytime that happens to me, I sort of have a realization and I, uh, I always go back and I, I spend time thinking about what success is and then what my priorities are. For instance, thinking about the end of your life. And I think there's a great exercise I've, I've had, uh, I've done over the years and it's sort of, you know, writing your own eulogy and thinking about when I get to the end of my life, what would I want people to say about me? What would I want the, the story to be that people would tell, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, I read, I read a great book. I think everybody, everybody would love. I just read it. It's from a, a, a uh, acquaintance of mine. I met him a couple of times. Amazing guy. His name is Donald Miller. He wrote a book called hero on a mission. Okay. And uh, he talks about, you know, you are, you know, you creating your life story and this, this, this thing. And, and going back to this, I think it's first is what is your definition of success? And so I think spending time thinking about that, reading on that, but just, so first I would say, what is that? And I'll share for myself, you know, my definition, definition of success would be um, loving God, loving people, making earth a heavenly place and teaching other people to do the same. And so breaking that down, my, mine is going to be very, based very much on a biblical worldview and, and I choose that worldview because from what I've seen and what I've studied, it's created the greatest outcome in society. And so, you know, a lot of times people haven't really thought about that in the big picture. How mm -hmm. do you decide what morality is? Uh, how do you decide what the best life would look like? Uh, and so all that being said, going back to these things, I want to have, a, I want to have deep relationships. I think about what are the most meaningful things that have ever happened in my life. They've all been with people. You know, and so with that, I want to have a deep relationship with God. I want to have a deep relationship with my wife, with my kids, with my closest friends. And so I think about, okay, that's important in life. Okay. Is part of my definition of success is did I, you know, have incredible relationships that help make the world think about that? Like I, I had gr great deep relationships that help, helped make world, the world, a heavenly place, mm -hmm. you know? And so, so, so that's what success looks like. So in there, it's not, that I became a millionaire. It's not that I drove a certain type of car. It's not that we kept up with the people next door. It's not, that, it's not any of those things. It's, Hey, I helped, you know, I, I had deep, meaningful relationships and together with those same people, I, I changed the world in a really impactful, powerful way. And if somebody read and sat and read about what we did is, wow, look at these characters that have all these great relationships along the way. And that, wow, they changed the world together. What, what, a, what a powerful, impactful story. So the first thing I think somebody needs to do is, and just to kind of make this more simple is, what is your definition of success, right? What would a successful life look like? Write down, hey, at the end of your life, what would a successful life mean? Mm -hmm. Looking at that. And then that allows you to create your priorities and say, okay, I need to spend more time connecting with my wife. I need to spend more time connecting with my uh, my daughter or my son or, or whatever that is, or, Hey, this friend or this group, this, and, and I also, I have this mission in life. I know that this is my unique gift and skill. And this is something that breaks my heart that I want to help the world with. And so like you have these priorities and then you look at what must you do? Well, I need to earn an income to support my family. Right. So that's going to take up a certain amount of time, but I have all these other hours in the day. And so I'm going to go ahead and fit these in together 
And then I'm going to go to my schedule. And then let's say, for instance, hey, I want to have a better relationship with my spouse. But the thing that's keeping this from happening is, uh, you know, I, I, I get angry, right? Or I, I, I get defensive about things. That, that could be something, right? I get defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime she brings anything up and she's brought up, I'm trying to think of an example of something. Like it could be like that um, I'm always work, like I'm always working at, you know, throughout the evening or it's, it could be something like that, right? And so you, you go in and, and it's part of building deeper relationships. It's time, but it's also transforming yourself, right? To be that better husband, to be that better better friend, that better parent. And so going and sit, sitting and writing down, okay, I need to grow in my patience and my kindness. Okay. And I'm going to write those things down to those things down. And so what, another thing I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to books on tape. Anytime I'm driving to work, I'm going to create, mm-hmm. I'm going to create a growth plan with that mm-hmm. and plug that in too. And I know this might sound like a lot of things and it is, but it isn't. But I think, I think that's my, that would be my advice to somebody is, Hey, let's create a plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your plan is, What's your definition of success? Figure out what a successful life looks like for you when you get to the end of your life. Number two, what are your priorities? Number three, how do you best serve those priorities? What are the most impactful actions you can take? And then let's schedule those in some daily habits that help you with those. So that would be that would be my advice. That's gold. I love the perspective of zoom, being able to zoom out far enough or go far enough in the future like the example of, you know, writing your own eulogy to sit in that spot and to imagine that you're, you're in that position and you're going to have to look back and say, how do I feel about what I did over this period of time? That's something I've talked about that a little bit on this show. And I've done a solo episode all, you know, around that. And it almost sounds crazy to say it, right? Like imagine that you're, you know, on your deathbed or that you're on your, you know, writing your eulogy or whatever it is. But I found that like, like you said, to be in that position, it makes it very, very clear what your priorities actually are. Like to me, it's just like, it's like a rubber snapping a rubber band. You know, like I know in that instant, like priorities, bang, bang, bang. And then you, like you said, at that point, you can kind of reverse engineer the life that you want. You can actually build a plan with some clarity and make sure you're actually hitting the top priorities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um it's a it's a powerful position um so if we if we transition back a little bit more like in the world of health and i'm thinking family health i'm thinking you know the the guy at the gro- he's going to the grocery store right like he's going to get food for his yeah. family like it's sunday evening and so how i guess what do you tell people like hey this if somebody's coming in maybe they haven't done a ton of research on, on health and they're really trying to get started like they're yeah. you know they're not to the point of taking a lot of supplements or anything yet. And they're really trying to get their feet on under them, do a better job of leading the family, provide more nutritional options. What are like the first couple, like big boxes to check? If you're telling somebody, Hey, make sure you pick up some of this kind of stuff when you're at the store for the family. Yeah. It goes back to the first thing I said, it's eat real food. You know, it's shopping on the outside of the grocery store rather than the inside, the outsides where you got the meat and the vegetables and the fruit, right? The Mm -hmm. produce and meat and eggs and those sort of things. Uh, it's the real food. The middle, you've got all the things with multiple ingredients and the snacks and all the packaged stuff. And so do that more as a general idea. The, the other thing is, you know, I, I think, I think um, just knowing, trying to stick to certain food categories, try and eat meat, vegetables, fruit, you know, and then some healthy fats, like could it be coconut, avocados, 
olives, those sort of things. And then, you know, doing some whole grains is fine on occasion. It could be oats or rice, things like that, sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tr- try and eat just a lot of real food. The other thing is, you know, I, I try and think through really simple meals. I think get a good, healthy cookbook. Uh, I actually have a cookbook. This is the first book I authored. I don't even know if it's still available, to be quite honest. It was called the, I don't promote it ever anymore. Uh, I just, I have some other books I've got out, but it's, it was called the Real Food Diet Cookbook. And I, I was like, I want to create a cookbook that where almost every recipe is like five ingredients or less. Now there's a few that have more than that, but it is really simple, really healthy, really easy recipes that any dad could, you know, that any dad could put together. That was the idea behind it. Yep. But, um, you know, it's just following a cookbook like that would be good. Um, you know, if it's still, again, I don't even know, you could look up, you know, Dr. Axe or Josh Axe real food diet cookbook on Amazon. And I it might still be there. Yeah. Um, probably use anyways, that being said, I think, Try and keep the meal simple. Here's the other thing. Maybe you don't try and get every meal perfect, but maybe it's just change breakfast. You know, changing breakfast and then also, hey, if you can do a really healthy dinner, that goes such a long way. Like in our mm-hmm. family, we tend to do a lot of um, just smoothies. And so the smoothie is uh, like a cup of coconut milk or almond milk, a cup of berries, uh, and then uh, like a scoop of uh, like a vanilla flavored or chocolate flavored collagen protein. Mm -hmm. Uh, We use Ancient Nutrition. That's the company I co-founded. But that's um, that's what we do for breakfast or else we'll do maybe eggs and fruit Mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, something just very simple breakfast, very fast, easy on the go. That's kind of what we do. Just in. Hey, we feel good. You know, they're light. They're easy, super healthy. Uh, So that's what we tend to do for breakfast. And then, yeah, for dinner, if you can do like meat and double vegetables. You know, that sort of, and if you want a little something sweet, a little dark chocolate, like, so Mm -hmm. just keep it simple and easy, get one or two really simple, healthy, real food cookbooks. Um, There's another uh, person who I've had on my podcast. Um, She does a hundred days of real food. She's got some really super simple, easy stuff too, that, that everybody could follow. I love, I love the idea of just get breakfast, right? Start there, make, take the first step. You don't have to have the whole the whole day perfectly, you know, macro and micro perfectly accounted for, but just taking that first step in the right direction, I think it's huge for people. So I want to, I want to transition a little bit. I want to talk about, I want to kind of transition into relationships and marriage. I know we've already kind of talked about that a little bit, but if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about you and Chelsea. When did, when did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we actually just had our 10 year anniversary last night and, uh, it was great. You know, we just rehashed a lot of memories of just going back 10 years and uh, it was fun. So I met Chelsea through, um, I knew her cousin who was, uh, he was a, a preacher in Knoxville, Tennessee, and also had a clinic that he ran and really amazing guy. And so she came up to shadow my office because she was in school uh, in Atlanta studying. And so she came up to sh- shadow my clinic and um, first, I didn't, even, I didn't even know she was coming. She came with a friend and, um, and uh, she came over to my, 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 uh, my house and I saw her and I thought, wow, this, you know, this is a very um, just you know, beautiful, be- beautiful woman that entered my home. And, uh, and then I started talking to her. Actually, it goes back a little longer. So here, let me give you, a, I'm going to try and keep this short and it'll be pretty short. So it actually starts off with, in the morning, I get home from my morning shift of, in the clinic. 
And there's this little dog barking. And I didn't even know anyone was staying at my house. Now, my sister lived with me at the time. And I had another friend who just graduated and was uh, going to open up a practice in North Carolina, his clinic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so his sister was coming to visit and she brought a friend. So this is how this works. Well, there's this little dog that's barking. And I thought, who, who, brought a, you know, who brought a dog here? I never grew up with dogs, didn't know a lot about dogs. And, um, and I thought, well, this dog, this little dog's in a cage. This was a little puppy. And I thought, mm-hmm. This dog probably has to go to the bathroom. Like somebody left him in a cage in here. <laughs> and so I go and take him, put him outside. I have a yard. It's Nashville. It's the winter. It's like November. It's uh it's January, I think. But it's like 45 degrees out. It's not raining. It's overcast, you know. And the guy's got a fur coat on. And so I um, so she gets back and I'm working on my computer. And she tells me this later. She thought, I thought you were some sort of monster. You take this little dog, you put him outside and leave him. (laughs) And I'm like, I thought I was setting this little guy free who, you know, is all caged up. So we laugh (laughs) about that now. But anyways, we ended up having a conversation there. And then later on in my clinic and she was, she was just kind of watching me, you know, just kind of in my practice shadowing and, and, uh, but we talked. And so I had a book I was reading by a guy named A.W. Tozer and amazing author and uh, she had just read the book too and so we started talking about this book and just realized we had a lot in common and then I saw her at a seminar later and invited her to um, uh, just come come to Nashville to hang out and anyways we just said you know we ended up dating from there and and uh, got engaged six months later married six months after that wow and um, yeah so so I wrote wasted no time yeah, you know, I don't think it takes long. You know, I think yeah. I think for me too, Chelsea's wired this way. Like we live based on principles, and like mm-hmm. for me, uh, there's something I prayed. I prayed with a friend of mine for for three years before I met Chelsea, and my prayer was, you know, I, sometimes there were longer but very short prayer. Lord, would you send me a wife who is mentally stimulating, physically breathtaking, and just spiritually on fire fire for you? And uh, and he sent me that in Chelsea, and so. You know, one of the things I did last night is I'll, I'll do this like for our anniversaries or birthdays. I'll write her a poem or something like that. But but last mm-hmm. night was our top ten. Um, uh, it was like t- top ten. Uh, you know, moments for the for, from from the last ten years. And so I went through you know everything from when I first saw her on our wedding day to uh, a trip we took to Florence, Italy, where we just walked the streets to you know, doing this Napa Valley wine tasting to when we went to this Michelin star restaurant in New York city for this one time. And anyway, so we went through our top 10 moments and, and, uh, and that was a lot of fun just kind of talking about that together. But anyways, all that being said, Chelsea and I, we both love working out together. We're both big foodies, like big, mm-hmm. big foodies. So anytime we vacation anywhere, it's where are we going to eat? Right. Yeah. We love great <laughs> food experiences. We also love the beach, love lakes, love water, just being active. Um, and, uh, and the the biggest thing, I mean, we share this idea of health, but also we share core values in a very, very deep way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that's so important. You know, I have some friends that are dating or looking to get married and, uh, and anytime they're looking, I just say, Hey, you know what? It's, you know, that you share the same core values and and faith and those sort of things is the most important thing. Physical attraction is important but it's not near as important as sharing your core values and knowing you both want to continue to grow into something uh, together and you're both committed to doing that. And so I have a wife who is just uh, so loving, so honoring, has such a servant's heart. 
uh, is just so amazing. And so, you know, and, and again, I think that sharing those core values and being committed to grow together, having each other's back, I think those things are just really critical to any, you know, to a great marriage, great relationships. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So I want to ask a kind of contrasting question there. So you guys, obviously, you know, you agree on those core values. Like you guys are both deeply rooted in your faith, your principles. Is there anything that you guys maybe disagree on that you've had to work together on? Maybe it's challenged your communication with each other. Or maybe it's something you guys have had to compromise. Is there anything that comes to mind in that regard? Well, yeah, I've got a few things. One, and by the way, I, I think people having healthy arguments is fine. Chelsea and I are very wired in a way to where um, we've never yelled at each other before. And that might seem crazy or weird. Like it, it's, it's honestly, it's just not how we're wired. Mm -hmm. I don't do that to like, it's just not how we're wired. So yeah. I, um, and, uh, and on, honestly, I just want to honor her so much. I just, it's just not. So anyways, we don't, you know, not, not that sometimes our tone won't be off with each other and that would be me more than her, those sort of things, you know, and then catching ourselves and apologizing. Absolutely. But I think, um, I think that the biggest things have, we were one year into marriage about, and I remember having this issue and it was really more just to share. It was, Hey, should we have like a full day of Sabbath and like just complete rest versus not, we had a different perspective. Uh -huh. And, um, that was the, that was the actually hardest thing we sort of disagreed on in a way. Yeah. And uh, I think we both even grew from that and, and, uh, we definitely did. And, um, outside of that, you know, um, I think, uh, oh gosh, we did, we just, we, we, again, our core values are, are very aligned. I think, I think, um, you know, politically I'm probably more like anyways, I just think, we're, we're very close there, but mm -hmm. not exact, but here, here's the thing. I think both of us are, you know, just submit to God in terms of, and just really seek him and do that together. And I think, um, I, I know her heart and she knows my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing that alone, now I'll say too, you know, I, I, th I think in relationships, you know, there, there, there is this element of sort of mutual submission to where, mm -hmm. hey, if Chelsea feels really strong about something, she's feeling very led by something, I'm going to submit to her and she'll submit to me. And I know that, that that's sort of like, even saying that word, I think in the media, that's like a bad word today, but I don't think it is. I think it's being respectful. I think it's this balance, this healthy balance of give and take in a relationship. And I think, you know, if, if for instance, with, with Arwen, our daughter, like if Chelsea reads something about, um, you know, our, our, our daughter, like, hey, when should she start school? Mm -hmm. We talked about this last night, actually, for a few moments. And I said, hey, what about this state? She's like, I think it should be this state. Why, why do you think that, this state? You know, I have heard if they go to school earlier, this though, okay. Was well, a mom, I think, that makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. And then yeah. I'll share, hey, you know what? I do think it's important though, that this, you know, that we, she's around other kids all the time. And for this reason and this, and so maybe she didn't go to school, we can do these types of play groups. Yeah, I think that's good. So, so for her and I, I think this is so important. Um, one that, that we, we, um, you know, we both want the same thing. We want a daughter who like is, is after the Lord's heart, who, uh, does good in the world, makes her the heavenly place. Somebody that's humble, somebody that looks at, like, doesn't judge other people, somebody who, you know, all those great characters who shares, mm -hmm. to, you know? And so, um, I think that we both want the same outcome. Yep. 
And there are a little bit of different ways of getting there. Um, I will say anytime we do have any marriage moments, it's on an Enneagram, if you're familiar with Enneagram, I'm an eight, I'm a challenger. My natural reaction to everything is to challenge it. Mm-hmm. And it's not to be disrespectful. It's to say, do you know what you're talking? Like, are you certain? Because I want to yep. make sure that what we're doing leads to the right outcome. And I do it with my team. I do it with my <laughs> business partners. I do it with my, my wife a little bit yep. too much too. I'm yep. like, okay, you think five years old. Why do you say five? Why not four or why not six? So anyways, anytime <laughs> it's, 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 there, there, I love that. There's that. Yeah. And, um, and if I do it in the soft, in the right way, but sometimes I'm a little too, you know, it comes out of me a little bit too fast and too, uh, you know, too hard. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so. there's such a skill there though, of like how to, how to disagree with your spouse and communicate it in a respectful, inquisitive, curious way. Yeah. Like you're saying, like, you're not just trying to poke a hole in them. Like you're not trying to put them down. You're just, yeah. you're legitimately asking a question or maybe you disagree, whatever it is. That's a skill that my wife and I have really worked on. We're going through, um, the adoption process right now. We're trying to adopt a child. So it's crazy. I mean, it's a crazy process. Yeah. It's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of roller coasters, a lot of difficult conversations, a lot of decisions that have to be made in, you know, very short amount of time. And it's like, we've gotten to get these reps, like rep after rep after rep of, Hey, we got to have a really meaningful, sometimes intense, like life altering conversation potentially. And we got to do this very respectfully, very quickly. And it's, it's taken a lot of time. And we've, we, we've said, you know, it's, we've been in this journey for about a year now. So it's taken a long time. Obviously we wish it had not taken this long, but we've gotten to really grow in that regard of just being forced to have a lot of difficult conversations. And, you know, us being a little bit younger, it's something that's actually served us really well. And it's, it's, you know, from a faith standpoint, it's kind of funny when you, when you look, you know, you zoom out, you look back and you say, God, what are you doing here? What are, what is, why is this taking so long? And that's one of the things that I feel like I've actually been able to tangibly put my hands on and say, God, you know, thank you for letting this take as long as it has, because we have been able to kind of develop the skill, this ability to have a hard conversation, to disagree, to work through things. Yeah. And I know it's going to serve us for the rest of our lives for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So now you guys have brought in, uh, you, you mentioned your daughter, I think she's around two years old. Um, yep. how has that changed things, uh, in, in your marriage and in your, your dating life and that kind of stuff? How, how have uh, things changed? What's changed a lot, right? You know, mm-hmm. I think having a yeah. child changes things <laughs> a lot. And I think, you know, I, I think that you have to be more intentional about getting that time together. I think our first year, we didn't do that well. And I think, you know, the first three months, especially are so hard, but I think the last, especially three or four months, we've gotten really back to doing date nights and, you know, regularly and just more of a rhythm together. And we have Chelsea's mom who will watch Arwen or, you know, that sort of thing. So with that, I feel like we've gotten to a, to a good place. I think, you know, I think, um, I think the first year of life, I really felt like, first off, Arwen, our daughter did not, she just wanted mom. So it's like, I feel a little bit helpless. Like I want to help, but I don't, you know, so really I had a little bit more alone time in terms of like, Chelsea and I would sometimes, you know, we'd watch a show, you know, at night, or we would just do more of that sort of thing. And then she she was ready to go to bed at like 830. And I was like, 
Well, I started going to bed at nine, but listen to a book on audio or reading more, you know, that sort of thing for, and I think what I'm very understanding of, Hey, there are seasons, but I would say, yeah, you just, I think for us, we need to be more proactive about just getting that time together, being proactive about having family or friends come and watch Arwen and help out. Um, I think, um, just daily routine, right? I think reestablishing mm -hmm. and adjusting. I'm very, um, you know, process like like I'm pretty scheduled, mm -hmm. and so you know, you're just again, you're just readjusting things. And so I, um, anyways, I'm trying to think about how things change. I, I think just being conscious of time has changed. I've been I've been more uh, reading more articles on you know kids and developing them and things you can do. I was reading, I love the author and I'm not sure if you've read him, Jordan Peterson. Oh yeah. And uh, he's just, I, 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 uh, it's I'm, phenomenal. So I'm so impressed with um, how thoughtful he is about things. And he's a great example of, I think somebody, everybody should read mm -hmm. and really understand in terms of how, how do you decide morality is a great example of that and how people get committed to ideologies that are oftentimes incorrect and living a lie and all of those different things. So even with that, thinking through, okay, what are some of the things that, that we can do, you know, with her to help, you know, help, help her grow and develop and like, and my wife does such an amazing job too. One of the things our daughter is such a, is she's a great sharer. And so mm -hmm. watching her and she's hanging out with a lot of older kids now, but she's just, you know, constantly sharing with them. It's such a good quote. So anyways, I think, um, yeah, those are some, some things. That's, that's great. All right. So last two questions, and then I'm going to get you out of here. So number one, um, you, you've obviously accomplished a lot in your life, you know, professionally, you got a beautiful family. Um, what would you say you're the most proud of to this point in your life? Oh, wow. I, I would say I'm most proud of my relationships. Um, I'm most proud of, I have just, I have an incredible wife who is like super brilliant, uh, just an amazing mom, amazing wife. So I'm super proud of that. I'm super proud of just our daughter. Like I would just put her up, you know, and I don't think just as a parent in terms of just what, a, how well she's done, just developing and our relationship. And then also I have a lot of really close friends and we have an amazing family. We are very close with Chelsea's parents. Um, I've got a friend group. So I, I have a leader, a, a men's group that I, that I facilitate with some amazing world changing people. Um, and uh, there's about eight of us guys and we meet together and we read a book together a month. And we've been doing this now for three and a half years and just the growth that I've seen. And so what we do, we, we, we meet together once a month and then we do dinner after we'll do pick up basketball games. We'll just pray for each other, share articles. So I think this group and, and really holding each other accountable, like we're going to have people in this group that go on and do just incredible things with their lives. And so I think that, yeah, I think my family, I think this relationship with this, this group and just some of the other relationships I have in my life, I think those are the things that I'm, I'm, I'm most, most proud of. I would say secondary to that, I think the thing I'm the most proud of is, is that I have been able to, I've both been blessed by God in a way with, I think, a certain awareness, but also I've gone out and taken the action of starting and founding businesses and facilitating those businesses to make, to love people and to make earth a better place. For instance, my company, Ancient Nutrition, uh, we founded this and we create supplements. We're really, they're superfoods. It's bone broth, it's in powder form, it's herbs, mushrooms, vitamins and supplements, all these things that we get to people that can help 
transform their body. And, and then we also practice regenerative agriculture. We own 4,000 acres of certified organic land, some in Missouri, some in Tennessee, where we raise uh, livestock, you know, everything from, from uh, we actually have some gazelle, we have water buffalo, wow. we have yaks, we have ducks, of course, sheep, goats, you know, cattle. Um, and then we do a lot of farming that builds topsoil back to help heal the planet. We grow superfood trees like moringa mm -hmm. and mulberry and others. And so, so I think the sort of the businesses I've really focused on creating is meant to really meet a need that I've seen in the world. I've seen it be, from, I think, God showing it to me, especially through reading the Bible. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, healing our land and healing the planet. And so, you know, one of the original things we were called to do is take Garden of Eden, mm -hmm. this paradise, and make that the whole earth. And so I get to do that now. Like, I get to do that as part of my company. I have my businessleaders.com which is all about teaching servant leadership in business. And so it's going to be the next Forbes.com-ish website with all the, without all the far left politics with really mm -hmm. a focus on, hey, we're not, I'm not highlighting people that are doing immoral things in the world and saying how great they are. We're really focusing on, I mean, we're going to cover news and business and very broad and try and be more apolitical, non-political, but we are going to focus on, hey, what are the companies that are, you know, helping, you know, get, you know, clean water to people in Africa and what, what, who are the people that are exemplifying, you know, true leadership, which is servant leadership. Think about all the bad leaders out there. Think about how many bad leaders we have in government, mm -hmm. in education, mm -hmm. in businesses today. We have a bunch of cowards that are essentially just, you know, uh, doing things to fulfill their own, you know, build their own, you know, platforms of power and for their own monetary gain, ma manipulating and using people. All that being said, there's a real heart behind these things. So I would say that's the other thing I'm proud of is being able to create businesses that really help solve what I see as being very big problems uh, in the world today. Amen. I love that. And I, I, I find a lot of inspiration um, in that as well. That's I, I love the fact that I kind of get to, I get to watch you and follow you and um, draw a lot of inspiration uh, from you in that regard. And I hope I'm getting to, you know, say the same thing a few years down the line. Uh, so last question for you, and we, we've covered this just a little bit. I have an idea of where you might go with it, but it, it's around the word legacy. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's always talked about as money or, you know, names on a building or what, you know, whatever it may be, right. Generational wealth is a term you hear a lot, but I think about the time that I'm spending with the people that mean the most to me. And I think about the people that I'll be leaving behind. So in those two buckets that leaves, that's really my kids. So, if, you know, God willing, we are able to, you know, leave our kids behind on this earth. Um, and, and, you know, what do you want your legacy to be with your kids? Like, what do you want the little moments, the memories, the lessons, little things that they're going to carry with them, remember about their dad to then go live you know, the, the rest of their life with. So thinking about your daughter, Arwen, what do you want uh, your legacy to be with her? Yeah, I think actually this, this is a question reminds me of a quote and the, uh, this is a, this is a very ancient proverb and it says, uh, when you, uh, when you're willing to plant a walnut tree that you'll never sit, sit under and never eat its fruit, you'll then understand the meaning of life. And so, you know, that being said, it's like you, you do things, something you'll never experience. You'll never harvest the fruit. You'll never experience the shade. You'll never get any of that. But that's, that's part of the meaning of life is you're doing things not for yourself. You're doing things for others. And so when I think about my daughter, I, I hope that she is, uh, again, a servant leader. I hope she's somebody who says, you know what? I see a person suffering. 
I have empathy that breaks my heart. I want to help that person. And I'm, I'm going to live a life of purpose. I'm going to live a life of meaning. I'm living a life of mission. I'm going to have deep, I'm going to, I'm going to develop deep relationships with other people and look to serve the world and make it a better place. I want to love people. I want to make the earth, earth a heavenly place. And, you know, I, I think about one of the things that, uh, I read another book, this is years ago, but it was called, uh, and David perceived he was King. And it was all about King David and, um, and really his heart. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that God, you know, said, Hey, I'm going to put you in a position of Kingship because of your heart. And that, 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 uh, those characteristics were just, it was a level of this, both it was this combination of great humility and great confidence at the same time. The humility is, and I can't do it by myself, but confidence is God is for me, not against me. So, you know, like, like I can do anything, you know, mm -hmm. if it's for in his will, in terms of, you know, making earth a better place. So all that being said, I think that, you know, one of, one of the prayers for her is we pray that she is a, a woman after God's own heart, like King David, and that, uh, you know, she goes on just to serve and love people well. So that's very much our, our mindset. What I would love to see that uh, as that legacy. That's awesome. I love it. Dr. Rax, thank you so much for making some time for us today. Uh, before I kick you off, where's the best place for people to find you, follow you, find your products? Where do you want to send people? Yeah, you could, uh, you, you could visit uh, for, for health-related things. You could go to drax.com. It's D-R-A-X-E.com. I've written a lot of articles. Also, ancientnutrition.com. We have a lot of health products there. Um, and then on social media, you could follow Dr. Josh Axe on Facebook, Instagram, or search on YouTube. And then if you want to learn more about the leadership stuff we're putting out, you can go to leaders.com. And I want to say, Brendan, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it, was, it was a joy talking to you, to, uh, talking to you today. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Awesome. Well, good stuff. We'll link everything up in the show notes. Uh, we'll give a quick plug for the collagen. Got a little bit mixed into my coffee right here. I'm enjoying it. It's fantastic. Um, so, anyway, all right, Dr. Axe, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Brendan. See ya. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.